1: Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as three dollars a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. First, on every single tier, you get completely ad-free episodes. And you get a say in what topics I cover on my podcasts. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaeHX.com and clicking Donate, or you can go to buy me a cup of coffee slash Craig All of these links are also in my show notes. And for people who donate, I have various levels of benefits. For $5, you get a thank you at the start of the next episode of Canadian History X, Canada's Great War, and from John to Justin, and on social media. For $10, you get everything from the $5, plus this episode is sponsored by... with your name at the start. Also, I'll state it's sponsored by you on social media. For $20, everything from the $5 and $10, plus a second episode sponsored by you, and promotion of something you're working on. And you can find weekly videos on Canada's history on my YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash c slash CanadianHistoryX. If you want to find transcripts of every episode I've ever done, you can go to my website, CanadaEHX.com. And there's over 700 posts on Canada's history there. After Jean Sauve served as the first Governor General from 1984 to 1990, it would be a decade before another female Governor General came along. This time, it was time for another Governor-General to make history, Adrian Clarkson, who was set several firsts as Governor-General, but we'll get to that. Clarkson was born in Hong Kong on February 10, 1939, the daughter of Ethel and William Poi, who were a prominent family in the colony at the time of her birth. In 1941, the Japanese invaded and Clarkson, along with her brother and parents, fled and came to Canada as refugees in 1942. Due to her father's work with the Canadian Trade Commission in Hong Kong, the family was able to settle in Canada under special circumstances, despite the fact that the Chinese Immigration Act excluded nearly all Chinese immigrants to Canada at the time. Clarkson would say, decades later, quote, We arrived with one suitcase apiece and nothing else. I was very fortunate that my family never thought of themselves as having lost anything of real value. We lost only material things. We didn't lose what we really believed in as human beings. End quote. The family would settle in Ottawa, and Clarkson would attend public school in the community. Her father worked in the west block of Parliament Hill as a trade and commercial official, and the family was provided with housing. She would say of living in Ottawa after coming from Hong Kong, quote, I'm very proud that the little town, which was covered in snow, white snow, full of white people in 1942, and to which our little family came, is now the kind of place in which I can take my role. You wouldn't have 79 different kinds of people on the street if it weren't Canada, end quote.
2: We thought we were very settled in Hong Kong and um, unfortunately the war happened, we were thrown out. We got on a Red Cross ship, we were taken to Canada because my father was a re- relatively successful young businessman and he had done work with the Canadian Trade Commission. And we were treated as, as in a way, different, but very well. And yes, there was an the occasional thing where people would say, chinky chinky Chinaman to you. But my, fa- my father said, you know, those are silly things that people do because they don't know any better. I think it was just racism. They're yellow people with little slit eyes, and they have awful habits like smoking opium and binding ladies' feet. We had a a very good experience. Uh, So when I look at anti-Asian things in Canada, I think of the larger picture, the 1923 legislation, which is anti-Chinese, the kind of stuff that you would read uh, about the yellow peril.
1: She would graduate with a Bachelor of Arts from the University of Toronto in English Literature in 1960, followed by a Master's in 1962. Overall, the children did well in the new country, along with Clarkson eventually becoming Governor-General, her brother Neville would become a plastic surgeon, while her sister served in the Canadian Senate from 1998 to 2012. In 1951, while attending school, Clarkson was lined up with her class to see Princess Elizabeth drive through Ottawa. In 1963, Clarkson married Stephen Clarkson, a professor of political economy. The couple would have three daughters. In 1965, Clarkson began her career as a TV host and writer for CBC with her job as a book reviewer for the CBC show Take 30, before she was soon promoted to co-host. This made her the first racialized Canadian to headline a national television program.
0: And they were not only great chefs in the lot. <laughs> they had some that uh, didn't quite know what they were doing, and they started creating what we think of as chop suey and chow mein and all right. these things which are not true, true, fine in no. Chinese food. And it's very interesting that a lot of people don't like chaot suey and they think that's Chinese food, so they don't want to really eat it. But if they only knew what they were missing, you know, they would go on. That's but right. I think that is interesting, because it is like a colonial food here, mm-hmm. because there's only, I think, in the post-war period, have we seen in places like um, New York, sort of any place east of, say, San Francisco, um, Really good Chinese food and, of course, a variety because there's a lot of Mandarin food, you know, all mm-hmm. the provinces, which are mm-hmm. tremendously important because their foods vary enormously, enormously. If, are you saying that if, if it's
3: possible that, uh, like I say, I like Chinese food, the Chinese food that we get here. Yeah,
0: you like Chinese food that's produced in a certain area of mm-hmm. Toronto. No. Would, I,
3: would I find either in China or elsewhere in restaurants around the world or Hong Kong, for example, Chinese food restaurants of food that I wouldn't mm-hmm. like?
0: Not chub suey. No. You won't find styles well, of food that oh, I yes, might not he, like. Yes, there is certain kind of village food. For instance, a lot of the Chinese in Canada, my father happens to be a, a member of this particular, pro- of a, not only the province, but of this little village, which is called the 50th Market in San province. And this province, where they have rather barren land, they have no vegetables. You know, all the crispy, lovely vegetables you think of as being Chinese food. They don't eat any of those. They eat seaweeds and they have all kinds of
1: incredible things from the sea that really
0: nobody would have thought of ever eating. And they, you, that's really an acquired taste. That is an acquired taste.
1: She would write in her memoirs, quote, Two years after we married, I started working in television on Take 30 and was immediately successful at it. Life was fulfilling me in one way by the joy I had working and learning and moving far, far from the academic world. End quote. She remained with the show for 10 years while also writing for Maclean's and Chatelaine.
2: I find it amazing that CBC is uh, celebrating 75 years of broadcasting because it seems to me that I knew it for 100 years. And certainly when I started uh, in 1965, television was only 13 years old. CBC, of course, started in the 30s with radio and the Canadian Broadcasting League and so on. But when I first went to it, it it was relatively young as a medium. It was in black and white. There was no such thing as tape. Uh, We did everything live and to time. I did a daily show five days a week um, that really, you know, you got to know exactly how long a four-minute, 50-second interview was going to be. You were counted out of it, you know, like that. And you had to be out and say, thank you very much. Great to meet you. And it was uh, absolutely fantastic training for, ab- for everything. I like to say now that um, I don't know what time it is, but I know how, things, how long things last. It's very interesting to have that kind of training. And also to be able to sculpt an interview uh, when you're interviewing, for instance, um, you know, it might be a movie star. Uh, It wasn't necessarily, or it might be a psychiatrist. Uh, One of my favorite interviews was with a very interesting psychiatrist called Rollo May, who was a specialist on violence with children. Another wonderful one was uh, Ingrid Bergman. And if you had uh, 15 minutes, that was a long time, if you had a half an hour, that was great, and we often did two half hours on people. But you always calibrated your interview because it was there was no editing. So if you were going to do two half hours, you built that interview like a play in your own mind, and then you made it pay off at the very end and say, and tomorrow we'll continue with the second part of this interview. In
1: 1968, she published her first novel, A Lover, More Condoling. And in 1970, she published Hunger Trace. McLean's would write of her in 1972, quote, It has been said of Mrs. Clarkson that her life is a work of art. Maybe she really is capable of that kind of perfection. Mrs. Clarkson is small. Her body composed, her features, a serene arrangement of semicircles, are not without character. Her forehead is high and prominent. Her chin is held up, perhaps to make overtures with strangers. Her eyes are large, heavy-lidded, and very cool. End quote. From 1974 to 1975, Clarkson hosted the show Adriana Large. She then helped to launch a new CBC show, The Fifth Estate. She would co-host and report on the show, which included such things as investigating the financing of the 1976 Summer Olympics in Montreal and interviewing the Shah of Iran. One profile on the business practices of McCain Foods earned her the anger of Josie Court, a Canadian senator who accused her of degrading Canadians who had been successful and for not being a naturalized Canadian citizen herself. Clarkson was indeed a naturalized citizen, and had been since 1949, and he would be forced to apologize for his comments. Ron Haggart, a producer of the Fifth Estate, stated, quote, Clarkson had the ability to put people at ease, such that they probably said more than they thought they were going to say. That included her ability to know when to keep quiet. End quote. Now there's a trigger warning here for an infant death for the next 30 to 40 seconds of the episode, so if that bothers you, make sure you just skip ahead about 40 seconds to a minute. The 1970s were not an easy time for Clarkson in her personal life. Prior to the divorce from her husband, one of her daughters died of sudden infant death syndrome in 1971. She wrote in her memoir, Suddenly the nanny was at the door of my bedroom saying something happened to Chloe. He must come. I hurried to the bedroom and picked Chloe up, but she was already cool. I don't know what exactly happened then, but I think the fire department came and the ambulance, and the next thing I knew, I was by myself in the waiting room of Sick Children's Hospital. This pushed her to work harder to deal with the pain. Eventually, she and her husband divorced, and her husband gained custody of her daughters. One close friend would say, It is the huge wound in her life. One
3: can associate the residential school system with tuberculosis and tuberculosis with the residential
0: school system. We had indigenous parents, communities, students, church employees, teachers, and individuals who are part of Indian Affairs, like Dr. Peter henderson Bryce, giving their critiques in
2: their own time. People hid when the tuberculosis screening came to their communities because they knew that the result of getting screened was that they they could be taken away. I believe a lot of people were used, government officials, who just thought they were doing the right thing. They were doing what they were told. First Nations, Métis and Inuit peoples are already told our story. It's now time to tell the other side of the story
0: we need to take a serious look at the parts of the system from the past that we may be replicating today i'm maya foster sanchez and this is the story of a national crime coming
3: this fall follow us on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts in
1: 1982 clarkson left the fifth estate and became the first agent general in paris for the government of ontario over the course of the next five years, she promoted the business and cultural interests of Ontario to Europe. She would say, quote, Instead of being a closet French watcher, I can actually go there and do something, end quote. In 1987, she came back to Canada and in 1988 began to host Adrian Clarkson's Summer Festival on CBC. This would eventually become Adrian Clarkson Presents, which was an art show that was critically acclaimed and ran until 1999. In 1994, Clarkson would be awarded the Order of Canada for her work, having hosted more than 3,500 television episodes of her shows and helping many charitable organizations. She had also received several Gemini Award nominations. In 1999, Clarkson was appointed as Governor-General on the advice of Prime Minister Jean Chrétien. Upon being chosen as Governor-General, she became the first Governor-General since Harold Alexander, who served from 1946 to 1952, to not have been born in Canada. She was also the first racialized person to serve in the post and the first person of Asian heritage to serve. She was also the first Governor General in Canadian history to have no military or political background. She would say, quote, I am very honored to be the first woman of neither founding nation to be Governor General of Canada. It has deep meaning for me that I am the first immigrant. I'm originally a refugee and I think this is a very important evolution for Canada,
4: In front of his cabinet and in front of the justices of the Supreme Court, The Prime Minister talked of Clarkson's record of accomplishment. Her list of accomplishments as a journalist, commentator, and diplomat speaks for itself. With her brother and 92-year-old father in the Senate chamber, Clarkson talked of the family arriving in Canada as refugees after the fall of Hong Kong in 1942. Like many
2: soldiers, he never speaks of those actions, but it is his bravery which is the underpinning of his children's lives.
4: The Governor General talked of becoming Canadian. She thanked the Canadian school system and her teachers.
2: Who treated me only as bright and not bright yellow.
4: And there was humor, like the time she quoted from her author husband, John Ralston Saul.
2: As John Ralston Saul has written, the central quality of the Canadian state is its complexity.
4: After the ceremony, there were well-wishers waiting. Clarkson had warm embraces with many. She spent a good deal of time talking to people. She has let it be known she wants to do more and more of this throughout the country. She plans to be the first governor general to have public levies in the provinces, starting in a few weeks in Alberta, followed by another in British Columbia. Clarkson arrived in Parliament Hill in a car. She left in a landau, as Canada's 26th governor general. Jason Moskowitz, CBC News, Ottawa.
1: Various media outlets did attack the appointment with Larry Zolf calling her the perfect wasp, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Jan Wong of the Globe and Mail criticized her for keeping her ex-husband's name and not being able to speak much Chinese. When Clarkson stated she would like to be called Madame Clarkson, Deborah Gray of the Reform Party mocked the choice over using Madame. Also, the same year she became Governor-General, Clarkson married her long-time partner, novelist John Ralston Saul, who'd been her companion of 15 years by that point. Chan would say of the couple moving into Rideau Hall, quote, "...I guess that over dinner they might between the two of them come up with a pretty good conclusion." End quote. Several Reform MPs would criticize the appointment of Clarkson due to her left-leaning views. Bob Bill's Reform MP from Red Deer, Alberta stated, quote, "...it shows a liberal arrogance in terms of this appointment." They assume the Canadians are all this small L liberal line. End quote. The party itself would praise the appointment, though, calling Clarkson respected, hardworking, and a passionate defender of her beliefs. The Bloc Quebecois would simply state that the position of Governor General should be abolished. The National Post in an editorial wrote, quote, Miss Clarkson cannot represent all Canadians if she continually outrages the political opinions of half the country. She cannot express national unity on solemn occasions if she is a figure who symbolizes disunity the rest of the time. Clarkson would say of her husband and herself and their views, We certainly will have ideas about things, and we will put them forward. If you look at the profile we had separately and together, we do stand for something, and I think that is important for Canadians. When she was sworn in as Governor-General, her father, William Poy, was at Parliament Hill for the ceremony. In her speech, she would say, quote, I ask you to embark on a journey with me. We are constructing something different here. We have the opportunity to leave behind the useless blood calls of generations. Now that we are in the new land that stretches to infinity, End quote. Throughout her time as Governor General, there were many landmark moments for Clarkson. She was a major supporter of the arts as Governor General, and she would even travel to visit troops in Kosovo and Afghanistan. She also worked to maintain strong ties between Canada and the Indigenous people. She would also travel throughout Canada, possibly more than any Governor-General before her. She made headlines when she applauded the accomplishments of Louis Riel in a speech in November 1999. She would say in her speech, The man, Louis Riel, was a founder of Manitoba and played a key, vital role in opening up Canada's West. As can be expected, some praised her speech while others heavily criticized it. Robert Stewart with the Montreal Gazette stated, quote, The Vice Regal's seal of approval on the self-proclaimed prophet of the new world will doubtless encourage those who say he should be proclaimed as a father of confederation. It would be a typical act of Canadian niceness to honour the memory of a man who was hanged for high treason against Canada. Being nice, however, always requires that you avert your eyes from embarrassing facts about the person you're being nice to, end quote. In January 2000, when asked if she liked being Governor General, she stated, quote, You're asking at the wrong time, because we've been here for ten weeks, and I would say we've had about four days that have been our own. But what keeps me going is a kind of eternal curiosity among people, which is what made me reasonably good at television, End quote. Critics would continue to accuse her of not being true to her Chinese heritage, something Clarkson took great offense to. She would say in an interview, quote, I don't know that anyone has the right to tell me my heritage wasn't genuine. I have my family. I have our story. Everybody's family is individual. And whatever way you want to approach your own background, I feel Canada should leave you free to do that. On May 28, 2000, she would read a eulogy at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, stating, Today we are gathered together as one, to bury someone's son. The only certainty about him is that he was young. If death is a debt, we must all pay, he pay before he owed it. Did he read poetry? Did he get into fights? Did he have freckles? Did he think nobody understood him in giving himself totally through duty, commitment, love, and honor, he has become part of us forever, as we are part of him. End quote. The Royal Canadian Legion described the speech as powerful. John Fraser, a journalist, would say quote. You have to go back pretty far to find anyone who stirred national emotions the way Clarkson did with her magnificent speech." Quote. On September 14, 2001, Clarkson presided over a memorial service at Parliament Hill for the victims of the September 11th attacks, which was attended by over 100,000 people, making it the largest single vigil ever seen in Ottawa. During her time as Governor-General, Clarkson was criticized for what the public saw as lavish spending. One example of this was in 2003 when she conducted a state visit to Russia, Finland and Iceland, which cost $5 million. This would lead to a House of Commons committee inquiry questioning her officials, resulting in a budget reduction for the Governor-General. Now that being said, her 19-day tour of these countries, which included 59 other prominent Canadians, was also seen as a major success. And it was seen by many that the Prime Minister had left Clarkson to defend herself, without any help from him.
0: She was annoyed that no one in Jean Chrétien's administration came to her defense when she came under criticism for a taxpayer-funded trip to Russia, Finland, and Iceland two years ago. More than 50 other prominent Canadians accompanied Clarkson on the $5 million trip, intended to further relations between northern nations. She insists it is the government's duty to defend the office of the Governor-General when it is under
1: attack. Eventually, the House of Commons voted to trim her budget by $417,000. In 2004, her tenure was supposed to come to an end, but Prime Minister Paul Martin asked that she remain for another year, as he felt it was important to show Canadian stability while the government was in the minority government situation. In January 2005, Clarkson was criticized for not attending the memorial service for Alberta Lieutenant Governor Lois Hole. Many monarchists in Canada began to lobby for Clarkson to resign at this point. And on July 8, 2005, Clarkson was admitted to hospital with chest pains and soon after was fitted with a pacemaker. She would soon return to her duties, though.
2: Her press secretary says Clarkson was taken to hospital after a routine checkup. Tomorrow, doctors are scheduled to implant a pacemaker, a device that regulates the heartbeat. All of her official engagements for the next while will be cancelled.
1: On July 23, 2005, Clarkson was made an honorary chief of the Kine tribe at a ceremony near Standoff, Alberta. She was then adopted into the Blood Tribe with the name of Grandmother of Many Nations. This made her the first Governor General since Edward Schreyer in 1984 to become an Honorary Chief, and only the third woman overall to ever receive the honor. And on September 27, 2005, her term as Governor General came to an end. Due to her popularity with the military, a huge send-off was mounted by the military for her, the first time such a thing had ever been done for a Governor General.
0: There were many firsts in Adrienne Clarkson's tenure as Governor-General, as she leaves office yet another. For the first time ever, the Department of National Defence bid the Governor-General farewell.
1: You helped Canadians have a renewed confidence in us. You helped them look at us in a new light, through your eyes. Colonel
0: Pat Stogren led the parade for Clarkson. He was the commander in Afghanistan when four Canadians were killed by friendly fire. He describes Clarkson as a leader.
1: On her last day as Governor General, she and her husband planted two ceremonial trees on the grounds of Rideau Hall. And over the course of her time as Governor General, she welcomed 200,000 people a year to Rideau Hall, attended upwards of 1,000 events a year, chatted with children in the Canadian North, sipped tea in outport villages, and visited countless troops around the country and abroad. And while some criticized her time as Governor General, many others state she brought new life into the position and received praise for being a more modern Governor General that brought more public attention to the post. Many considered her the best Governor General since Georges Vanier. The Globe and Mail would state in an editorial, quote, Adrian Clarkson, once a refugee, represents the Queen here in Canada, is singular most important reason for believing that the monarchy is relevant to Canada's emerging identity. Her rule may only be ceremonial and symbolic, but as the enduring quality of the royal family attests, you can never underestimate the power of myth, end quote. Maclean's would write, quote, Clarkson showed the world the best could be Canadian, end quote. The Saskatoon star Phoenix said of her, quote, She certainly lived up to the routine job description. She had tea with the Queen's subjects. She inspected the Honour Guard. She attended funerals. She wined and dined visiting heads of state. And she read the government's throne speeches. More significantly though, Adrian Clarkson brought an unprecedented intellectual rigor to the job of the Queen's representative in Canada that has raised the bar for her successors. End quote. Unlike previous governors General, Clarkson also wrote her own speeches, and her and her husband met more Canadians than any other previous Governor-General. Before she left office, she made history one more time by attending the installation ceremony of her successor, Michel Jean. Such a thing had not been done in over a century, but Clarkson received permission to do so as she wanted to show, quote, respect for the institution and for the Governor-General designate, end quote. In 2006, Clarkson published her autobiography, Heart Matters, which became a bestseller, She would also have a cameo appearance in an episode of Corner Gas. Excuse me. Aren't you
2: former Governor General Adrian Clarkson? Yes, I am. Want to help wreck a barn? Of course I would. Take that, you stupid barn.
1: In 2007, she was appointed as the Colonel in Chief of the Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry. In 2009, Clarkson published a biography of Norman Bethune and that same year helped establish the Clarkson Cup which is awarded to the champion of the Canadian Women's Hockey League. The cup is currently housed in the Hockey Hall of Fame. In 2018, she would receive criticism when she was found to have been spending $100,000 per year on office supplies, which was billed for the taxpayer. Now, this is completely legal as Governors General can bill office expenses, but it did receive a great deal of criticism within Canada.
3: Last week, news broke that former Governor General Adrienne Clarkson is still billing Canadian taxpayers more than $100,000 a year in office expenses since she left Rideau Hall in 2005. Apparently there's a rule that lets ex-governors general continue to bill office expenses to the government for the rest of their life. Kind of like how my ex still uses my Netflix account. In fact, since retiring, Clarkson has billed well over a million dollars. That's like stealing office supplies from an office you don't work in anymore. Who does she think she is? Mike Duffy? That's on top of the $1.6 million that Clarkson has collected to date as a government pension. Or the $3 million she was given to start up her charity, a charity that recently gave an award to Clarkson's friend Margaret Atwood. Because who needs charity more than best-selling author Margaret Atwood? Now, all of this is perfectly legal. Former Governor Generals are allowed to make claims, but Clarkson is the only one who regularly bills over hundred grand a year in office expenses. You could buy everything in the Staples flyer each week for a year and still not hit 100 grand, even if you sprung for the faux leather racing stall manager's chair with a standing desk. I'm sure there's a logical explanation for these expenses. She is a senior citizen. Maybe she just got fooled by that CRA phone scam 20 different times. But when pressed for comment about her expenses, an assistant, or as I like to call them, an unnecessary expense with a mouth, defended Clarkson by saying she received up to 200 letters per month. I got 200 emails from Groupon and LinkedIn alone last week. Where's my million? I'm sure all this media attention will shame her enough to make her stop throwing money around like, well, like Agent Clarkson, right?
0: In this case, we know where the money went. For the first time, Ottawa released the tab for the Governor General's year. When every dollar was added up, the grand total came to $41 million, prompting some Canadians to ask, is she worth it?
3: Nope. (laughs) I've forgotten. Adrian Clarkson has no shame. She has become Adrian Kardashian. <laughs> Justin Trudeau announced that funding for former governors general will be reviewed in light of Clarkson's spending. But the problem isn't with the office of the governor general. The problem is with Adrian Clarkson. Clarkson once represented the queen, but now she thinks she actually is the queen. Every time new currency is announced, Adrian runs to the bank to check and see if it's her face on the bill.
1: I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at Adrian Clarkson. If you did, please leave a rating and review. Next week, we're looking at Michel Jean. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash EHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to canadaehx.com and clicking Donate. And I also want to thank all of my wonderful patrons. And I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Martin Strach, Sarah White, Tom McMillan, Mike Sullivan, Wendy Mills, Keelan Prignitz, Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobs, Robert Page, Richard T, Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Paken, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nixon Ree, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseeth, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke S., JP Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from McLean's Canadian Encyclopedia, CBC, Governor General of Canada, Wikipedia, Mac- Edmonton Journal, CTV, National Post, Montreal Gazette, Ottawa Citizen, Saskatoon Star, Phoenix, Fort McMurray today, and the Calgary Herald. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.